Hello and welcome to the Six Comms podcast with me, Lisa Partridge. In today's episode, I'm going to focus what I share around the question of how we can develop our listening skills. This is a very big topic, so I will be recording a series of mini episodes on listening, and this is part two. What you can expect from each of these mini episodes is to take away at least one technique or resource that you can explore further to help you develop the fundamental skill of listening. The six pillars of effective communication that I have created six comms from are compassion, connection, curiosity, clarity, customization, and consistency. I believe that we cannot get anywhere close to effectively communicating with these six C's if we we don't spend time developing the core skill of listening. The skill of listening is always a work in progress. I don't think any of us are masters of this. Although we will know perhaps a handful of people that we could call good listeners and those who we would turn to first if we are in need of a listening ear. In this remote virtual world of work, I have found listening to be an even more challenging skill, what with the constant noise and distractions pulling at my attention and focus from every direction. If, like me, you work from home with small children, I think you will relate. In part one of this mini-series of listening podcast episodes, I shared a technique for getting present and in tune with the sounds around us so that we can show up fully to the next meeting we have. I think a lot of the challenge around listening attentively to each other comes from the constant flow of information we are bombarded with every day and the many distractions we have working from home. So for me, and I'm sure most of you listening, getting focused is a daily battle. We need to try to empty our minds and be fully present to the person or people we're about to communicate with. Looking to professionals who have dedicated their careers to the discipline of listening can be a great source of knowledge and inspiration. I call it the discipline of listening because it does take a great deal of effort, both on the part of the listener and speaker. As David Hockney says, listening is a positive act. You have to put yourself out to do it. And putting yourself out to do it, or rather develop it, has to include being aware of our blind spots when listening. Oscar Trimbley calls these our listening villains. He has developed a quiz that once you have completed it, you will be sent a detailed report of your listening villains and tips on how you can limit them to allow for deep listening. When I discovered this quiz, I was keen to find out what my villains were and what I could do to overcome overcome them. It's a straightforward and quick quiz to take and once completed, you are sent a PDF report of your results. I would like to share my results with you now. The report provides you with two villains, but I'm going to share just the one in this episode, known as my primary villain. My primary villain, drumroll please, is the dramatic listener. 
this villain gets caught up with the drama, theatre and emotion of a conversation. Now, I do have a tendency to get caught up in the story and jump in to let the other person know how I experienced a similar event and emotion. Does this happen in work situations or with friends and family or both? When I reflect, it definitely happens with close friends and family. And as Oscar Trimbley highlights, listening is situational and relational. It changes depending who we are communicating with and in what environment. So I need to be more conscious and reflective on when and how often this listening villain shows up in professional contexts. Oscar recommends, in fact, to start noticing this villain in work situations. It was interesting to read that the characteristic of a dramatic listening villain is the tendency to tune into the emotion, reflecting an empathic nature. I do recognise this in myself and it is definitely a requirement of my profession as a learning facilitator, trainer and teacher. By listening for similar experiences to my own, it helps me process and contextualise information. However, the pitfall is that this often leads to a term I know as comparisonitis, otherwise known as constantly comparing myself and the experience I've had with others. What happens as a result of this is the attention is placed more on myself rather than the other person who I should be giving my undivided attention to. This can lead the other person to feel very frustrated. The report then goes on to outline how I see this from my perspective and it hits the nail on the head with these words. You feel that by highlighting some of your experience on common issues, this will make it easier for them. You think you are the pain relief for their problem. Now these two sentences hit me hard. I'm thinking of myself when I'm delivering training or facilitating and I do feel sometimes I say, guide and prompt too much when instead I should listen, sit back, be silent and let the participants struggle a little. There is a lot of learning to be gained when you are grappling around and really thinking about a challenge. So note to self, sitting with negative emotions is okay to do for some time. Allow space for others to find solutions and try not to jump in with anecdotes and case studies too quickly. And there is the big challenge I feel we face when working in a virtual environment. There is a tendency to want to cover so much in a very limited window of time, which makes this sitting back and being silent very difficult when you have a certain amount of outcomes you want to achieve in the allotted time. However, if we put aside the productivity of the meeting for a moment and really focus on deeply listening, Oscar Trimbley's report recommends this prompt question, which I was immediately drawn to. Could I pause right now and be silent rather than speaking? Just to pick up on the point I made about putting aside the productivity of a meeting by taking time to deeply listen and not jump in too quickly, 
you will uncover so much more information about the other people. And in doing so, the meeting will be productive. I think this question can be helpful for many of us and in a range of situations at work, especially when communicating in an emotionally intense situation. This reminds me of a visual I saw recently on social media of a traffic light where the red light represents stop, the amber light represents think and the green light represents choose. So in the context of listening, stop talking, think of only understanding the other person and choose the best time to start talking carefully. As I have reflected on this stop, think and choose approach to listening, it has brought back memories of when I was delivering communication skills training to the newly recruited Singapore Airlines cabin crew. One of the role plays they had to practice was dealing with a nervous passenger. Of course, the absolute crucial elements of dealing with an anxious passenger was to listen attentively, show genuine empathy and give reassurances. What I observed a lot in these role plays was over-talking. In a lot of cases, the passengers just needed time to share all their worries and fears and for the cabin crew to not say anything at all. Instead, they were quick to jump into all the various reassurances they could offer. And when they did give them reassurances, there was a need to just keep silent while the passenger processed all the information. Remaining silent and choosing the best time to start talking, I think, is one of the most challenging aspects of deeply listening. That fine line between keeping silent a little longer to allow for just enough thinking and processing time and not too long that you lose the momentum of the conversation. This is particularly challenging when meeting people online. The other questions recommended in the Oscar Trimbley's report that I thought were very powerful were, tell me more and what else? Allowing the speaker to collect their thoughts and add more so that you can gain a deeper understanding of them and their situation and stopping the comparisonitis I mentioned before from creeping in. So what steps can you take as a result of this episode to develop your listening skills? I recommend these three steps. Step one, take Oscar Trimbley's quiz to find out what your listening villains are. The link to this quiz is in the show notes. Step two, take a note of all the tips that the report outlines and select one or two that you will focus on at work. Note down any observations and reflections you have over the week. Review your notes at the end of the week and record what your key learning takeaways were. There isn't a short-term fix to developing your listening skills, so step two will be repeated multiple times over several months, if not for the rest of your career. Step three, when in a meeting, keep all your prompt questions near to you so you are constantly reminded 
Keeping prompts at eye level and in a place that you frequently see helps you to keep this question, framework or tool at the forefront of your mind. One prompt you could consider is the listening traffic light. Remember, red, stop talking. Amber, think of only understanding the other person. Green, choose carefully when the best time to start talking is. Lastly, I will leave you with this question to reflect on. In which specific situations at work could you apply this approach to? Hi, it's Lisa, your host here. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm not only the host of this podcast, but also the founder, lead designer and learning facilitator of Sixcoms. We're on a mission to help professionals transform their communication skills through engaging and bespoke learning experiences. To find out more, please visit us at sixcoms.org and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. We would love to connect and discuss your learning needs.